Imagine a world where no one can see. It would be a nightmare for the visual effects industry for sure, since we work with things that people need to have eyes to be able to enjoy. In a world where no one can see, there would be no need for a VFX industry. There has been many great films about people lacking the ability to see, usually horror movies or thrillers, like the classic film Wait Until Dark from 1967, directed by the legendary James Bond director Terence Young, where Audrey Hepburn plays a blind woman terrorized by a sinister Alan Arkin in search of a doll filled with heroin. But not all films with blind people are thrillers, of course. We all remember Al Pacino's Oscar-winning performance in Sent to a Woman from 1992. You don't know what that art is, Mr. Trask. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. And let's not forget about a certain blind lawyer named Matt Murdock, who fights crime under the name Daredevil in the classic Marvel comic and a string of films and series. I had lost my sight but I got something back in return. In all these stories, the blind person is alone in a world of seeing people. But in the Apple TV hit series C, we're introduced to a world where all humanity is blind and has been so for generations. No one can see, including our hero, Baba Voss, played by Jason Momoa. I have spent my life trying to protect my family. Our battle begins today. The first season premiered in 2019 and was an instant hit. It was followed by a second season and the third and final season premiered in August 2022. Goodbye Cancer Studios delivered VFX for season 3. So follow me down Jellybrick Road and learn more about how those effects were created. Let's hear about C. Hi everybody, I'm Nils Lagergren and here we are again on the Yellow Brick Road, the friendly little podcast about movies, games and visual effects. Yes, today we're going to talk about the visual effects that Goodbye Kansas delivered for season 3 of the successful series C. And here to tell us more about that are two dear colleagues from the VFX team, VFX supervisor Felipe Borges and senior FX artist Martin Wieder. Welcome guys. Thank you. Thank you. Felipe, you've been here in front of the Yellow Brick Road microphone before when we talked about the cinematic game trailer for PUBG Battlegrounds. But Martin, this is your first visit here, so let's start with some background. Time for that classic question. How did you find your way into this wonderful industry? So I studied uh, 3D graphics uh, here in Stockholm around year 2006, 2007. Uh, and then I worked um, at a commercial studio called Milford here in Stockholm up until 2016 or 17. And then I started uh, as an FX artist here at Goodbye Kansas. Was VFX and FX like a childhood dream of yours? Well, for me, it's like a dream come true. No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all, actually. It was more of a... Uh, I was a hobbyist, like uh, doing uh, some stop-motion animation on papers and, you know, playing around with 
different computer programs uh, back then. And then um, I lived in Prague for a few years and I had nothing to do when I moved home uh, and found the school and like, yeah, let's go there to to like see what happens uh, and got stuck, like completely stuck. The first day I was like, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. That's wonderful. Yeah. So let's talk about C, the award-winning series with Jason Momoa. Uh, first, the basic facts. It was created by the legendary British screenwriter Stephen Knight, who has many great productions under his belt, including great series like Peaky Blinders and the feature film Eastern Promises. Uh, the series was produced for Apple TV and the first season premiered 2019. And in August 2022, the third season was released. The season that you guys worked on. So, Felipe, how did you get in contact with this project? Uh, it, was, it was quite interesting, actually. So, biggest part of the work we did is uh, as this complex sequence when there is a, a battle and a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, explosions and uh, full CG, uh, you know, characters like DGs and and was clear in the initial conversations with the client that they were trying to find the the right vendor to do it. And I think the right vendor was, of course, not only having the skills and having uh, being able to showcase with our previous work that we were capable to do that high level uh, and complex uh, type of tasks, also was delivering on time. And the schedule was quite compressed. So uh, I think that was what really got the client to to decide and come and work with us and, and decided to, to trust us with that sequence was that after all discussions and seeing our background, they felt comfortable uh, that we could that we could deliver uh, that amount of shots on that complex sequence uh, on time and of course uh, on budget. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. When you pitch for a project like this, do you then send them like reference of other projects similar to this? Yes, we do. We, we discuss a lot about potential kind of, you know, uh, references from other projects, what could be similar. Uh, but um, at Goodbye Kansas, we also have the... I would say sometimes for me is like the luxury of having like an amazing uh, uh, art department. So we do have very good concept artists and we can actually, you know, use them. Uh, um, They are usually pretty busy. We have many projects when they are uh, involved uh, doing concept work. But we had the chance to also for this project do a lot of early concept based on on the the initial shots that we, we knew that there would be challenging shots, you know. Uh, so that helped us also too. Of course, the this kind of official concept work is pretty much when the when when is awarded already. But you are talking uh, before that being awarded. So it's a lot of conversation and trying to do the best as possible to to understand the scope yeah. and get to a logical understanding in both parts. What that scope, what's the limit, where we hit limit, where, uh, is, is not usually super easy or clear, but we do the best uh, we can to, to have a better, a good understanding. Yeah. So it's also, you know, it's, it's, I would say then it's, it's safer on both sides that, you know, with that, that type of budget, that amount of time and the resources we have, we're going to be able to deliver something that everybody's proud at the end. And then, you know, the the client is going to be uh, happy with. Yeah. 
So, so Martin, were you also involved in the pitching process? Um, no, I was not. I was not. I was working on um, Philippe's project before that, the PUBG trailer we were talking ah, about. Yeah. So he said, that. Martin, I want you to join <laughs> the team. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a really good experience we had to get on that one too. And uh, definitely this one was uh, requesting a lot of really hardcore effects, knowledge yeah. and skills. And, and uh, I had a blast work with Martin in the previous project. And also now it w- we had also on C and in the, with the project we are currently working right now, we are again together. That's becoming a dynamic duo. Let's hear it once again for your dynamic duo. You know, just to, to go a little bit to what you mentioned, uh, definitely the moment we are bidding in that beginning, because of our artists, especially senior artists like Martin, they are usually pretty busy in other shows or anything that is running, you know. So uh, we do the, also the best we can to put, you know, I have to put the hats of, you know, the what, what potential is effects, what potential is complex in lighting, what potential is complex in the asset build. or uh, And then if there is something very critical or specific, then I would try to book uh, some time with them to get that knowledge up front, you know. Yeah. But it's, uh, we, we try to keep them still on a, on a safer zone <laughs> yeah. in that moment. Yeah. So, so you mentioned uh, it was mainly VFX f- for a specific episode that we, with a very complex sequence. C- could you describe that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. We, 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 we did work for three episodes, you know, but uh, actually, um, like... W- Average, uh, I think we did overall, we did like 50 shots, you know, but 47 or 48 of the shots was in episode one Mm. and 45 of the shots uh, 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 were in one one sequence. And that sequence was this kind of big battle sequence when you, you know, as usual, you have an army on a side, an army on the other side. But what was unique, and this is, of course, for the uh, for the audience that follows the the season, they know they they have to deal with this big factor that pretty much the entire humanity is blind. So um, towards the towards the last season in the show. Uh, uh, they found out the capability of building explosives again, you know, and and some of the key players on this game, they are able to see now. You no, know, they they were born with this uh, gift uh, back now. Uh, so, in this sequence, when you watch it, uh, they plant all these explosives in the middle of the battlefield, and an army from one side is smaller in number. Maybe they are, you know. 30, 40 in number. In the other side, the other army is probably 400, 500, you know. And, but because the, the smaller in number army is, has the access to explosives, they are able to completely annihilate or, you know, exterminate the entire uh, 400, 500 uh, soldiers from the other side. And there is no, there is no actual physical battle between them that you would expect in a more standard kind of, you know, battle context yeah. is just the fact that they are running for the field and eventually all that explosives get ignited and then you have this crazy, uh, you know, yeah, you, you, you must watch it to, yeah. <laughs> to really understand <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> this new weapon, more powerful than you can imagine, it'll kill thousands, 
No fight, just death. And the VFX and FX you did, what did it consist of? In VFX, we always have the plate, you know, the actual the actual image that was captured during production, during the shooting. We always have that as our our benchmark or, or kind of our reference, at least. And everything we do have to be done in a way that could, can be seamless integrated into that plate. So um, we had to do many explosions and 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 um, smoke elements or we had to do even characters uh, you know the client wanted to go quite graphical mm. in that sequence and aggressive and intense so we had to also also make digital versions of um, uh, the soldiers and actually explode them oh. but I think you know so digit doubles, yeah, basically. Digit yeah. doubles of them, but you know, probably uh, Martin can talk a bit more about the the effects elements. Yeah. So the different type of effects elements we had. Um, first of all, we did a lot of crowd extensions. They they had on set. They had had actors, um, and we had to create digital characters that could stand next to um, plate characters. Yeah. Uh, in four K full frame. Uh, which which is a bit challenging. Yeah. Uh, so we did I don't know twenty crowd shots, maybe crowd extension, something like that. Twenty five. Yeah, good 20. amount. And also in a, in a few shots, like they had probably uh, maybe twenty twenty five of practical, you know, extras. Mm. And we extended to like you know a few hundreds more. Is it harder or easier to have like these real ones uh, to compare with? I, I think um, f- f- as an artist, it, it's easier because you have something to co- you have you have the correct answer there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. if they can stand next to each other, you're you're right. Sometimes you can look at things and like uh, when you don't have that, you can look at things and it can be really difficult to find out what is wrong with this. Something looks wrong, but it can be quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helped us that we because uh, we also did create uh, like foreign ground explosions uh, a lot of debris and dust elements um, but in the plates uh, they had onset explosions yeah uh, that we did some enhancements to and stuff like that but it also helps we can have that plate explosion and put it in next to our and say okay Mm-mm. see here we here we're having like this type of motion we're having this type of I don't know, grains or rocks or stones and pebbles being shot out from it. Um, we need that in our explosions as well. So that part becomes, um, you know, you're having the correct answer. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, match this. Uh, but from, from my experience, I mean, FX in itself, it's about simulations. Uh, so how, how much can you control? How, how many times do you need to enter it? Um, I mean... I always see effects that you want to do, you want to have the control, you want to mm. be able to use the control, but you want the engine to run like the physics because sooner or later, if you're starting to put demands on the engine too much, mm. uh, you start it's starting to look unnatural because yeah. it's not moving as expected and stuff like that. So try you want the control but you want the engine to do as much as possible like the simulation engine uh, it, it almost always looks the best you're ending up in this you know oh, it flies a bit slow it does this and 
just because you're trying to force it to do something that, uh, and then it, it can start look weird uh, yeah. if you're trying to force it too much. I uh, yeah, I would like to say that if you if you see that um, the plate or if you see the shots, the big difference from like a regular audience to to a VFX artist like like Martin is that the evalu evaluation of what he's seeing mm. it goes to a very granular level to try to break down what's supposed to be the smaller elements or the the the, the parts that once you put it together they give you that realistic result and and the softwares that we use is a is a strong mix of science and art mm. so if you are doing yes um, uh, if you're doing water snow fire all this kind of you know Uh, elements that we usually call part of the effects kind of toolbox, you know, that we have uh, uh, at our disposal, they do, to start with, they do need to come with uh, the laws of physics to be able to behave. And all this uh, softwares and package are developed that way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, once you get that initial look, at the end of the day, uh, if you need to match to something, you also need to develop Uh, an eye to be able to break down what what has to be done also even artistically to be able to match that reference. Yeah. And sometimes, not the case of this show, but sometimes in other projects, you do have magical elements and that mm. could be really tricky yeah. because then you don't have a clear reference. No. You know? This one, in that sense, we are safe. We have a very good reference. They did a bunch of explosions practically mm. and the client was pretty much asking to match most of them. Uh, rarely, the client would ask us to do something uh, that goes off from the mm. from what they have shot already as a reference. So that was pretty good for us. Have clear references, clear goal. You only can be as good or your work only can be as good as good as your reference. Yeah. There's nothing that can be on that. If a reference is not good. No. But but if if you take an explosion, for example, it's not just fire from the explosives itself. It's also dust, which needs to be natural from what kind of environment it is in there. Is that like one FX asset or is it several put together? So... Um, usually we build in layers. Yeah. So trying to build what is like the main driver because these elements are driving each other. Yeah. So uh, usually I build where the explosion is the main force. Uh, it's pushing things around. Mm. Uh, so I start with that uh, and then I add layers on top um, and going down more and more granular. So starting with the like main main driver, going down to maybe the bigger rocks or bigger debris that is flying, and then at the end ending up at small dust elements when a rock hit the uh, like the ground or yeah. or the water or because in this case we also have explosions in the water because mm. uh, this landscape is full of water puddles. Um, so how many layers can that be? I don't have the exact count, but just out of my head, maybe 10 to 15 for mm. each explosion of, of different small stuff. It's it's also sometimes, you know, convenient to break things up in different simulations yeah. uh, for speed reasons. And, and what, you know, they may be not interacting with each other in a way that it's really 
worth doing everything in one big huge simulation mm. that takes you know 24 hours or something and then i break it down to uh, do several one hour simulations or even quicker like that that is the, then comped together or um it's rendered together you know we, we, we take uh, big stones and small stones the dust mm. debris put them together shade them each separately put them together and render them and then of course compositing on top yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not and not only if only for us, like you know, internally to be able to manipulate these elements in a bit more optimal way, is also for the client. Yeah. Because we know the client will give notes eventually. So once once we do these initial versions that we internally are happy, we say, oh, this is good to show to the client. This is really promising. We show to the client, but maybe in some of these elements, as Martin was saying, like you have the smaller rocks, bigger rocks, you have like maybe fiery debris or something. Mm. Maybe the client can say, hey, can you increase, you know, 30% more fiery debris? Can you change the scale between like there's, there's like smaller uh, uh, rocks and, and bigger rocks, but we want something in the middle. Can you have another pass or can you just break? Them? So it's important also to be able to manage yeah. to have this uh, uh, logical kind of breakup of the elements. So we can we don't need to do, as Martin was saying, the simulation, longer simulations all over again from scratch if you just need to tweak a specific uh, element or part of it. So let's talk about the digi-doubles. Uh, so you needed to create those assets. Did you scan actors? Uh, a very good question. On this sequence, uh, we, we were actually um, working with, uh, like, you know, we are sharing some assets with another vendor. Mm. Uh, they were working a completely, you know, different uh, uh, sequence, uh, even I think in different episodes also. But they, uh, they, they, Their sequence would also happen in the same environment, so we would share some assets. We, besides even the 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 GG uh, the GG doubles, we also have like this massive battleship that you can see on the sequence. So, as part of this uh, sharing of assets, we do receive it initial versions of the GG doubles. You know, uh, this other company was uh, uh, responsible for doing that versions of the GG doubles. W- what happened? at Goodbye Kansas is the moment we receive that assets, we realize that for our shots in our sequence, we had to go the extra mile Mm. because we had to hold them pretty close to camera in 4K, as Martin was saying. And they were like side by side with real versions, you know, like real actually extras, you know. So then we started with that base asset version, base mesh that we received from the other vendor. And then we did another pass of sculpting on top and uh, texturing and look dev just to get to the level that we knew it, that once we showed to the client, we would, would get immediately, immediately approved. Yeah. And, and actually happened like is the way I'm describing to you. We got it. We did the work. The first passes of lighting we, we sent to the client was like, okay, this is perfect. This is approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty good. And then did did you mocap the action? Uh, yes, other very good question. That was something really uh, special, actually, because when we start discussing about the sequence with the client, was clear that we need a lot of very specific type of actions of these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a blind army, right? So they it's not that easy that you get from like you know your library of like no, no. mocap data, or even if another vendor that is working with them can share with us some of that mocap data, it needs to be very specific type of performance. And it needs to match quite close to what you see on the plates also. So 
initially for us to just block quick quick layouts of the shots, we got some mocap data that was done for the uh, previous season oh. from another vendor. Yeah. That was just scratching the surface for us to block some basic layouts to understand, oh, are we putting in this shot 100 or 200 DGs? Or, mm. you know, what mm. are we doing for the, for the army here? But to actually get the shot accomplished, approved, finished, we had to use our uh, in-house uh, uh, mocap soundstage, which is uh, extremely, uh, extremely good. Uh, we are, you know, uh, people who know the work from from uh, Goodbye Kansas know that we are experts in motion capture also. Yeah. And the client was pretty happy that we had access to that. So we were able to quickly put a schedule, get that, you know, approve it by the client. And we did like a, a, a shoot with like... A, uh, stunts that were experts on that type of uh, mm. work. It was super fun. I remember that the uh, mm. shooting day was really cool. Like we are, we are people flying from every direction yeah. and in wires and also in hydraulics or like well, mat mattresses and like it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we, we captured all that data. Uh, we had like a very clear list of what we need to achieve in terms of performance, uh, matching on the needs of the, the sequence and the plates. And then all of that got processed and, you know, went down the pipe until you're able to actually populate shots with that mocap data. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what shot was the most complicated one? From an effects point of view, um, one of the shots where we're fairly close to the explosion, so they need to be high res. Mm. Um, one explosion is in water. There's... It's like a quite chaotic shot where we're having these soldiers being blown. So we're having explosions, we're having water, we're having soldiers being blown into pieces uh, and all the interaction between them. We do have on some on-set explosions that we need to enhance. Um, that is like quite complex. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's very chaotic, and in in effects, I feel that it helps. Yeah. It, it really helps when things are, you know, things are flying and it's a bit chaotic. Um, it can also be very difficult. We had another shot where you're having is more. It's a shot later in the sequence where you're having like, it's a more, it's a bit more damped down. There's still explosions, but mm. it's a bit further away. Uh, and it's not as chaotic, but then. You cannot get the time to look at specific things because yeah, it's not yeah. just things flying. Uh, and that also becomes quite complex because you actually have time to look at yeah. things. Mm. It's not just this chaos of things. But I, I would say the chaos shot is like the shot that we worked the longest, uh, at yeah. the most, like the biggest effort. Yeah. And the favorite shot then? Something that you're extra proud of. Oh, I, I, to be honest, I really like some of the on the of the um, uh, crowd shots. Uh, mm -hmm. Just that you know that we managed to create CDG characters that can stand next to the real thing. The real thing in 4K up front in the foreground. It's not just extending. No. You know, it's not only extending like back there. It's like putting. Okay, we got a gap here in the foreground. We need to put a character there, and he needs to walk into this water puddle as well. Let's do that. And um, 
yeah, one of those shots. But I do like, you know, those those explosion shots as well. But when we had up on dailies or reviews, those like, and we all, sometimes was like, which one is the digital and which mm. is like the plate? And we had to, when you had to switch on and off and see if it's like a That a must be a wonderful feeling. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always that moment, especially also when you are also presenting to the client, you know? Yeah. And the client has the same reaction, you know? Like, okay, but sorry, but this one in the left is, is, your, is your stuff? This is what you guys did? Or, oh, okay, let me see the plate. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. That's the, the DG or something. But, and that actually, that actually happens uh, 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 in, a, in a couple of shots, like uh, when they were not knowing if the CG, expl- if it was a CG explosion or the practical explosion. Which also is amazing, you know, mm-hmm. and then go to the floor. But uh, I, I agree with Martin when he made some mentions about the crowd. Also, is 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 important uh, that kind of uh, shots they they pass for all the departments, you know. And then and you start with like you know all that asset work to get the asset to that level that can hold in the screen. Mm-hmm. But also when you go through all you know applying all that uh, you know it has to be rigged so it can move around and has to get the data from the motion capture, uh, you know. A shoot and be able to process and clean up and apply and retime whatever needs to be done. Uh, there's a whole work of layout to put them in the place that makes sense and make the shot cinematic or looking good. Then you have to also, uh, all of these characters, they were uh, covered with cloth. Yeah, They have cloth everywhere. So the cloth has to simulate, you know, like a proper cloth yeah, yeah. to match the reference. And then goes to another team, which is our char- character effects artist. So they have to simulate all that cloth. But then eventually it has to be uh, lit, you know, rendered, comped. So it's really interesting to get that shot at the end and see that every contribution from every department, every level counts at the end. And then you have something that everybody's proud because yeah. definitely you get like, okay, I- I'm getting... You you're playing tricks with my mind, you know. Yeah. That's what uh, visual effects is the is more about. Like uh, most of the projects, like I think we all kind of like when you have this big visual effects projects that you see a lot of uh, uh, full CG stuff. It's always good. It's interesting. It's always interesting. But uh, for me, the the most interesting stuff in visual effects is when you watch a sequence and you you don't really know exactly what is practical and what is computer generated because then becomes the 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 because then you you really hit the the mark yeah. you know yeah so how did it feel when when you watched the series when you saw it live so to say it's definitely is a um, you get proud no of the is, is is a good amount of time and work and a lot of people involved and uh, when it gets released is that you know out there for everybody to have access to see and be able to you know enjoy all that effort that amount of work that was put by by many many individuals working in a very intense collaborative environment mm. uh it's just yeah definitely proud of it and is is a is a really good feeling that you know you know every single project you have uh, moments when things can get really challenging yeah. you know and sometimes you can look into a project in, the, in, in, a, in a certain time in the project and maybe it's hard to see the the light at the end of the tunnel you mm-hmm. know but this project uh definitely there was uh, uh challenging days But I believe, and I mentioned this before, I believe that um, something that 
is really special at Goodbye Kansas is that we do have a very collaborative environment. Mm. And then you, when you are going through that days, knowing that you have this entire team kind of working together and backing up each other to, to achieve the results and be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel again is always uh, pretty good. So I think is that accomplishment, seeing that yeah. we made it. As a team, we made it. We got there. The client got really happy, super happy, you know. And yeah, it's out there now for everybody to to see. You know? How how big was the team, by the way? Like shifting between three and five, maybe sometimes up to six mm-hmm. artists. Uh, and I really have to say that I really think the artists outperform themselves yeah. it's really um, and I have to emphasize that it, this is a teamwork it's yeah, really yeah. you know a lot of it's not only effects uh, it's like you have to really talk to light to comp to uh, all downstream department backstream departments um, it's not possible to do this kind of work uh, without all these talented artists that are no. really pushing Push, pushing themselves to to like the limit of what we can do in in. So how many all in all? Uh, I would say if we got everybody involved, about maybe we hit seventy. Mm. If you put all the even the whole mocap yeah, team, yeah. you know, like and production. Don't forget like the coordinators, producers oh, that are helping. You know, helping artists tremendously with tracking everything, keeping yeah. track of, you know, what you're supposed to do and when and and all of that. Um, You mentioned it was a tight deadline. How long was the production? Um, I think the the really core of the production was something around four, maximum five months. Mm. You know, um, before that, uh, a lot of preliminary meetings and discussions. But I would say like this, if I'm not wrong, something of I would say four months and a half to five months uh, of work. And, and you kept the deadline. Yes, yes. <laughs> we kept the plan. We delivered on time. Like uh, another big, big thing to mention here is like you know, at the end of the project, the last department is the comp department. Yeah. You no, know? so they are, they are putting all these elements together, and they are the ones going that extra mile to be able to get the fake stuff mm. blended with the real stuff, mm. and they do all the lens features, anything that is related to the actual property of the plate and related to the camera, you know, uh, uh, kind of artifacts or that team at the end has one step that we call it the the final tech check. Mm -hmm. And that final tech check can be very uh, sometimes time consuming because you go like, you know, we haven't seen these shots hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times through the process of producing this in many different stages, you know? And when you go to the, in comp, Definitely everybody there on that team has also seen every single shot hundreds of times, you know. But when you go to the tech check, you need to go to that extra mile when you go frame by frame, frame by frame in the final resolution uh, in a proper setup, you know, proper Mm -hmm. monitors, everything that you need to do that tech check and make sure it holds and is is technically uh, uh, perfect uh, as much as possible, you know. And in this project, even with this tight deadline, we delivered all the shots and we haven't got a single, single kickback from the DI session telling that we had a mistake or something to fix it. So 
That's uh, big shout out for the team who, yeah, who did yeah. all the tech check at the end and, and yeah, yeah. Well, it does look amazing, uh, the effects that you produce. Uh, and, and now you're on another project that you cannot talk about. But, but on a personal level, I mean, having produced this, uh, these battle scenes with explosions in that specific environment, did you doubles, et cetera, et cetera. Do you like when the next project is a little bit different? So, so that you get to do yes, something new. Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. So what I'm doing now is completely different. <laughs> and I really like it, yeah. Now, I mean, you're working very intense. Uh, we're talking about the schedule before. I think I was on this for maybe two and a half, three months, something like this. And you do work very intense with like very specific things. Uh, and in the end, you are quite happy to like leave that behind and start mm. doing something new. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, to restart, reboot. To restart, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I agree, 100% the same. Like uh, we get very into what what we what we are doing and very dedicated, you know, and then you definitely, you know, we, we are talking about like um, uh, sometimes you, you know, it is, you know, it is work, yes. Mm. But um, you definitely sometimes cannot avoid getting emotional, attached to something because yeah. you really love what you're doing, you know, and you want it to be the best as uh, looking possible, you know, to be really proud of that. So when you go to a next project and that project has a different flavor, mm. different spicy or something like that, it's good because you you can actually, you know, yeah, restart and, and a bit more fresh and... Okay, let's jump to a different. And I think this is something very special of this business. You know, if it's someone is listening this now and is thinking about getting involved in this uh, yeah. type of work, is that I doubt that you get really bored. You know, and I doubt that you are. You're never gonna know everything. Is impossible. Yeah. Every single project takes you to learn something new. Yeah. You know, artistically, technically. You know, you name it. It's a constant evolvement. Yeah. yeah. Well, I happen to know what project you're working on, and obviously I can't mention it, but I do know that it's a very interesting project. So I'm pretty sure that I will meet you two again to discuss that project once it's delivered and has aired. But it was lovely to have you here to talk about C. All the best. And thank you. My pleasure. And you out there, thanks for listening to Yellow Brick Road. And don't hesitate to contact us if you have questions or ideas about what we should talk about here at this podcast. Until next time, goodbye. I'll be on top. Auf Wiederhören. Wir hörs.